Hey guys, welcome to Into Deep. I'm your host, Jack Rowland. Hope you all had a fantastic Easter. And a shout out to any of you festival goers who endured that classic Melbourne weather. Uh, <laughs> that looked fucked. <laughs> Uh, today, I am joined by Melbourne-based musician and producer The Oddness, otherwise known as Warwick Ferguson. With unique percussion, tribal drums, and world music influences, The Oddness's sound varies from cruisy, uplifting, down-tempo beats to deep, progressive electronic goodness. I first came across The Oddness back in 2018, with the release of his epic album, Culmination. Since then, he has only gained steam with his prolific outpouring of releases, remixes, and live performances with his three-piece live band experience. If you want a good entry point, go listen to the track Prime Meridian right now. All right, let's get deep with the one, the only, the oddness. Is there a point to all this? I think we're getting in too deep. You don't apply. Bad luck. Well, I have one speed, I have one gear. Go, 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 go. I'll tell you when we're getting into deep, 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 deep. Work, how are you? I'm very good, Jack. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming, dude. Oh, man, it's a pleasure, man. I was kind of surprised when you asked me to come along. But, um, it's, um, it's, a, it's a real pleasure, man. I don't know why you'd be surprised, dude. Your music is like so fucking good, man. <laughs> <laughs> massive, massive fan. Oh, that, that, that always surprises me when people say that, you know what I mean? It's... um. It's kind of like you, you make music for yourself, you know, and, and you know, just start to get a bit of success with it and stuff. But when people will come up and they'll say, oh, really did, like, after a gig or something like that, and they'll come, oh, man, I've been following your music. I really like your music. It really still surprises the hell out of me, man. <laughs> and, and, totally, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've got the same fucking – I mean – with my all, all I ever see is the mistakes and, and what's, how it's not <laughs> exactly. where I want it to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, you know, it is. It does always kind of blow your mind when someone I don't know, especially with music, right? Like mm. music, like everyone's got a taste in music. Not everyone's got a taste in art, but everyone's got a taste. In yeah, music. exactly. And like, yeah, yeah. And like music means so much to so many people. Yeah, like yeah. it can be the soundtrack to a very incredibly memorable period of their life or moment in their life, yeah. and it, it it can really evoke very very special. Um, I don't know, memories and feelings and, and responses. And yeah, yeah. Um, your, your music definitely does that, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, because yeah. I, 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 was, I was only when I started doing festivals, really, that I, that I you know, and then I would like walk through the festival afterwards and people come up to me, people who, who weren't necessarily, I was always just surrounded by other music people, you know, and, mm. and you know, you'd always, and you respect their opinions, you know, because all the music people, people who make music and stuff, when you get out there and meet people who are just punters and like you've never met before and they, mm. and they come up and they tell you, talk to you about your music, you know, and, and that was, that was really surprising for me at the start and quite humbling as well. And, and it's, it's something I don't, that's, it's just, yeah, it's something that I, I really love about it all, especially yeah, being being at music festivals and then going out and meeting people who have who have been on your dance floor, you know, and, right. and you've seen them in front of you and you've seen the smile on their face and then you talk to them afterwards and and see the way that it affected them and like that's a that's a really beautiful thing to me. And it's, yeah, man, yeah. Ab- absolutely, yeah. totally. Um, yeah, I mean, th- your music is uh, super unique. I think, man, like uh, I've, I've I actually never even know how to describe your yeah, genre i mean even, i know a lot, of, I really. <laughs> a lot of musicians like don't really bother uh like to be labeled too hardly on on a genre yeah. or something but like i, I gen, genuinely don't even know how to i've been kind of looking up yeah. key, key words what yeah. like down tempo i saw yeah. there's like housey influences yeah. even well, well that's that's the thing because you know like i've when i first started doing the oddness uh what, four and a half years ago I'd I'd been I'd already been producing other kinds of music, just more just general house music, mm. tech house music. I'd had a couple of couple of acts, couple of bands, but it was all pretty easily fit fit into it in, into genres. But um, but then and I was kind of getting a little bit um, I was disheartened with it. You know what I mean? And then I just thought I almost stopped making music completely. But and then I thought I, I want to try something new, and so then I started up the oddness. And it kind of just was this beast that started where I just like I just want to make different music, and then it it's kind of flowed from there. And and it's yeah, I, I initially wanted to do like instrumental hip hop. I wanted to, that was yeah. that was where I wanted to that, the kind of music I wanted to start doing because I know I'd been really getting into a lot of like glitch hop and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. mostly through um Kodiak Kid, he turned me on to a lot of Dude, all that kind of stuff. The bombs, yeah. Still, shout out to to Corey. Shout like, out to Corey. The theme, theme song of this podcast is Kodiak Kid. Like <laughs> so fucking lucky. Oh man, yeah. Him and um and and Stilly and like you know a lot of those cats are in the in the bass music scene. Really started to. 
um, get me kind of really interested in that kind of music. And um, and the first album I did was was a lot like that. It was uh, mostly broken beat, and that was uh, released on Griff's label, mm. like Griff, not like Melbourne Cul- Legend. Yeah, love yeah. love Griff, love his music. Yeah. Um, Culm- culmination. culmination. Yeah, that, that was, was it. how I first got onto your stuff. Oh really? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was and that was kind of a bit more like down tempo broken beat kind of music, and then. I don't know, and then I started to get involved with Beaten Path record label. So, mm-hmm. and no, but that was it's more of a house music label, you know. So, but they, but but Ewan from Beaten Path, he kind of encouraged me to keep that down tempo thing and maybe incorporate some four four into it and some more house music elements, and it kind of just like bled out from there. And now mm. it's like it's just slow, slower house music, like bass heavy still. I Deep. still incorporate a little bit of broken beat in it and stuff like that, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of just become this beast that I can't really describe myself either. So, yeah. which is cool, which is my intention to start with. It's deep, man. It's got like yeah. it's just got a real vibe, you know. Yeah, it sounds like such a general thing to say, but that's my that's my aim. It's it's, yeah. it's it's just it's just it's groove based music. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's not so much about you know big like you know, build ups or anything like. That. It's just like if if it's catchy enough that I can listen to it for. 10 minutes and mm. you know that's attracted me you know what i mean like yeah. it's, a, it's just all about the groove you know yeah yeah what was what was that period like before you discovered the oddness and you're making more genre-based music um, well, and, and you said you kind of got a bit what disillusioned oh uh, yeah it was packed it in oh it was weird because like the first i first started producing and releasing music probably about 15 years ago mm. and that was just under fergus under name then but i was doing like um kind of like really just chicago style jack and house kind of stuff and which i love but there wasn't much hardly a scene for it here in australia mm. and but i, I was and it started to quite, quite take off you know i went over to the states and I, I played some gigs over there and i was you know just um you know my music was getting played by you know dj sneak and mark farina and you know like gene farris like all, all those kind of cats and and it was and i, I really loved it and but then I was finding it really simple to make and I was churning out a lot of it and it and I just and because of the lack of scene for it here in Australia, like I, I wasn't really doing many gigs, I was just churning out music. And that kinda and I kinda just it just kinda just petered off a little bit for me, you know. And I wasn't really enjoying making it. And without the without the gigs to go along with it, it you know, I kinda lost a bit of interest in it. And after that I did a um a band called The Freak Technique, which were like a five piece like funky house kind of act and and that was that was really cool but that lasted about a year and that was just because like the other guys in the band they're all full-time professional musicians and mm-hmm. we were getting some great gigs and stuff but it was just hard to get us all together and they were doing their own solo things and stuff like that so that kind of stopped and then um <clears throat> after i had a, a like a, a um a duo meet myself and craig pringle called odd phonic and we were doing like live tech house kind of stuff and and that that went pretty good as well we did some festival spots and it was going really cool and but then craig kind of had professional commitments and that kind of stopped as well and that that's when i almost kind of stopped but but everything i was doing and then it fitted fitted into these genres kind of thing and then that's when i just thought uh is, am i being fulfilled by music and i wasn't really at the time you know mm, mm. i was kind of i was kind of getting sick of being in nightclubs as well i was you know getting a bit older right. and and so and then like after, and that kind of stopped, and then I was, that's when I decided, like, right, I'm going to give music one more crack, but I'm going to try something completely different, something I love making, and that's where the oddness come from. Fuck yeah! yeah. Had, had you kind of um, was the oddness uh, as its current incarnation, uh, you know, a very mm. unique kind of sound that's specific to you. Like I said, I haven't really heard many other people making anything mm. like it. Um, were you was that a something that you would kind of dabble on while you were producing all these other stuff that you knew was going to have success not, elsewhere? No, or? not not really, man, not really at all. So what and was that, what was it like kind of uh i just i i kind of i wanted to because i enjoy I, I love making music i i just it's, it's i mean I'm, I'm in my happy place when i'm making music yeah so i wanted to just try, just try and make music that i really enjoyed making that that i wasn't hearing everywhere you know what i mean that like mm. like when i was making house music you know i could i could like make a track it'd be a cool track but you know there's a hundred others just like it you know right, what i mean right so i wanted to do stuff that I enjoyed making it and I challenged myself like different processes of making music as well, you know, and, um, and to just bring a lot of elements from other genres in there and see if I could mix them up and like more, more, more of like a music making challenge for myself, mm. you know, and just see if I could just pull these different things in and make it work. And, and when it started working, I just, I got, I was pure happiness out of it, you know? So that, that was, that was kind of the, the basis of it. it was just making music that I 
that challenged me to make and I got really a lot of enjoyment out of it when it worked, right. pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's so important for any kind of artist to, you know, not chase the formula but chase the, the, the challenge and, oh, and, sure. and the, um, yeah, that, and that, that's really where the magic happens, you know, and that's yeah. where something unique comes out that actually, I don't know, almost defines your creative practice, right? Oh, for real, sure. was, was that a difficult process to start honing in on that magic or that unique sound that defines the oddness um well initially yeah yeah like initially it was because i know because i was also quite focused and this is something i had to get over i was quite focused on doing something that was different mm. you know and and that kind of took over a little bit so i was and so but so it was kind of like i was more fo- for a, for a period there, a short period, I was more focused on going, I want to make something that no one's heard before, it's different than everyone. But I was taking away from the actual end product, you know what I mean? Mm, like I still mm. wanted it to be enjoyable for people to hear and enjoyable, you know, that it worked on a dance floor, it worked, you know, like when people listen to it in their car, not just something that was just different, you know. So, but when I kind of got over that and when I just, when I just had my, my process in place, you know, and, and, and not overly challenging myself just um doing just making good music that i really enjoyed and was happy with and then that's when it all kind of come together and and now it's uh, making music's just it's uh just i don't know it's it's an, it's an escape and it's a it's a, just a just a happiness for me as well yeah, yeah. I, I bet it's the best i would yeah pretty jealous of uh of producers like if i could do it all again it, i would love to make music but oh, it's just... never too late man oh yeah to- totally totally I've, I've i've given it a crack a few times and i'm yeah. just like I think some kind of classes, are, you know, structural classes to learning are essential because when oh, I just sure. play, it's just there's only so much shit you can hear coming out of you before you just lose. That's the thing about making electronic music, you know, because there's a technical process involved. Mm, mm. You know, like it's not just, you know, like, like it's like, like learning guitar is a technical process at yeah. the start, you know, like learning, learning any instrument, but there's this whole, you know, it's all, you know, the software basing, the whole technical thing around it is a process that you have to learn before you, like you want, if you've got a sound in your head, you have to technically know how to make it. Right. And once you get, over, once you go through that technical process and once you kind of, once you hit that learning curve where it's like, ah, it all starts to come together technically for you, then it's like, then the creativity comes in, but you need to have that technical like part of it down pat first so you can you can get your ideas out of the speakers you know what mm, i mean so mm. and, that, and that's the, that's the part that usually uh, pulls a lot of people up you know what i mean like yep. like they have all these ideas in their heads and especially people who are djs who have like they've already got immaculate taste in music you know like i feel my friends who are like who are djs who are starting to get into production and i know they can make amazing music because their taste in music is amazing you know what mm. i mean so but then they they kind of get stumped on this uh, technical learning curve at the start, which takes you know it can, it can take six months, it can take two years, you know what I mean. But like, but you have to push through that, and then once but and then once it comes together, it comes together, you know. Yeah. And, and yeah. then and then your creativity can get in there. But you need that technical kind of know how at the start, which is the yeah, which is the hard part, I think. You know. Totally. You know? I mean, to be able to play uh, guitar, you have to go through all the all the all of it, man. All the chords, yeah, exactly. no, all the scales, and the no, scales exactly. are so fucking boring to do. But you got to <laughs> exactly, do it. Yeah. You got to get those fingers oh, flexible yeah. and moving. Totally. And, yeah. some, and some people just have this natural musical talent, and you know, mm. like a, uh, Dylan Jarrett, who plays guitar for me in in, I know Dylan. in the band. Yeah, yeah he's, he's great. He's, he's just this freak. He has perfect pitch. Like you know, I'll, I'll play him something. He'll, he'll be like, "That note's out. Take it down." You know, like you just can hear this stuff. And when he plays guitar, like he. He's he's not a sit there and read music guy. He just like, he just knows where his fingers go. You know what I mean. And some people are just like that. I know. Yeah, how, I, how I, I fucking hate those people. I'm yeah. jealous of shit of them. So what what was your kind of introduction to music? Were, were you uh, always a musical kid growing yeah, up? Or? Yeah, to an extent. You know, like I was I was really I was really into heavy metal when I was younger. Yeah, right. Really into heavy metal, and and I I played guitar adequately you know what I mean? like yep. I, I, yeah i just you know I'd just sit there and just like do metallica covers and stuff like yep, that you know totally. when i was a teenager and um yeah so i could play guitar not bad i could play keys not too bad you know i, I know my scales and my chords and stuff mm-hmm. like that you know drums try to but not that good at it but um so there, there was it's always been a part but um yeah it wasn't until i discovered electronic music and and you know realized that i I was living, I was working in nightclubs when I first moved to Melbourne, and I was surrounded by DJs and people like that, and people who in, uh, started producing music, and it just fascinated me. And that's and yeah, electronic music. When I 
that's my, when my love for that was born. That's when my um, just my drive to uh, to make music. That's where that come from as well. Yeah. yeah. Was there a moment or a big lifestyle change out of the heavy metal phase and oh, into for the? Oh, sure, uh, man. I, I grew up in the country. I grew up down in Gippsland, and um, right. and there was no electronic music down mm. there. You know, mm. There was nothing. It was, it was, you know, it was, I was, it was like when like grunge music was used. But I was, I was really into hip hop as well. So yeah, and um, but I had a, a big love for music down there. But the but there was no, there's no music scene down there. You can't go to gigs, you know. You can't, let, you know. But as, and as soon as I finished high school, I, I moved down to Melbourne, and um, and first thing I did when I moved here, the first job I got was working as a busboy at Chasers nightclub. Yep. So like <laughs> I, I went from working in a going from a town where you worked in a timber mill if you wanted a job to come down here and working as a busboy at Chasers, and it blew my fucking mind. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was pretty much it. And that was just it was just all changed from there, man. All changed from there. Yeah, I did. I did a few years as a bussy as well. Yeah. At a, a kind of swanky place called Com. It's like a kind of wine bar for oh, okay, corporates yeah, yeah. in like yeah. Top End Collins Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, yeah. I, know, I, I kind of enjoyed it. Oh man, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Like do, do it at Ch- Chase's nightclub in like this is like 1990, mm. no, 1998, I think. You know, yep. and it was wild, man. <laughs> it was yeah, like yeah. you know, like it was like Chase's was massive back then. You know, it was like you know, like dra- like like drag nights and like, you know, like the whole just the shit that I had just never seen in the country, you know, and I got down here and I was, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know? yeah and yeah, it just yeah. blew my mind, man. I, and, and I just immersed myself in that culture for years and years and years and years. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, when So when you kind of um, honed, honed in the oddness and got, mm. got you know, found your sound and stuff, yeah. um, what was uh, – <clears throat> What was the first experience of uh, showing that to the world? I mean, was it was it just releases or was it was um, it gigs? Yeah, and and how did that feel? I think the first gig I did was at Killing Time, as, yeah, as the great. oddness. But but I practically lived at Killing Time for yeah. years and years. It's you know, that's that <laughs> where I, I met most of my friends that I have now at that place. But um, but yeah, but I just I just I produced a lot of it and I, I just wanted to kind of get out there and see how it sounded and and so I just did a DJ set there of all my own stuff and like but then um yeah but then I realized I didn't really want to DJ myself I wanted to perform it live so I kind of stepped back for a bit and, and worked out my live show so um I think I can't remember when the first when my first live show was oh man but uh, the first uh, the first time it all really come together for me is when I I played live at um, Rainbow Serpent Festival on the Chill Stage. I think Sick. that was 2019. Yeah. So, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was, um, I think it was not, the not second too long last ago. one. Yeah. yeah. So I think, um, two, yeah, 2019, 2018. I think it was like the second last Rainbow Serpent Festival before it stopped. But um, but th- to do that, like that's where, like it was the, my full live show, like, you know, drum pads and synths and stuff. And, and I'd just been pretty much working for months and months on that and when that came together and because i you know rainbow certain festival as far as i was concerned at the time was like that's the holy grail of that, gigs, yeah, in, totally. gigs <laughs> in australia <laughs> and I'd, be, I'd been to like 10 before it you know yeah. what i mean and, and then when i got i got booked to do that and i got to got to perform my music live at rainbow certain festival that that was that was the kicker that was like yeah this is this is it this know? is it this is the path yeah 100 yeah, man hey and, and that's and yeah just performing at music festivals is just as like Australian bush festivals, man. Hey, it's like it's they're my people. You know what oh, I mean? Like, I love it. I love it more than anything in the world. There's, there's nothing better, is there? No, there's not. I mean, yeah. yeah. A few years ago, we went to the states and went to the Eclipse Festival and yeah, stuff. Yeah. We only really did the Eclipse Festival. Would love to go to Burning Man, but yeah. it was kind of a. It was interesting to see how different festivals. Are. Mm. I mean, I, I'm not not really an authority to talk on it, but yeah. just how different the festival cultures are. And oh, someone sure. was explaining. Uh, to me that you know particularly rainbow and a lot mm. of um different australian festivals like the dress-ups like australians oh, really yeah. go hard on the dress-ups oh, where sure. yeah, yeah. everyone i don't know many other festivals people kind of got their their style yeah, and yeah. They, they look you know very cool but like you know rainbow people just dress up like oh, man. i saw a guy dressed as a giant lego man yeah, yeah. in like a 40 degree day like <laughs> a huge lego head yeah. with these clamp arms like completely dysfunctional and yeah. you just see it just everywhere you look is just oh, the man. most bizarre. I, I think they're they're just the pure escapism for people. You know what mm. I mean? It's like that's one thing I love about it. You know, like you go there and like you're there for like four days. You know, you get there, you turn your phone off. You know, you take yeah. your keys out of your pocket, you chuck it in the, in your glove box, and you're, you're just free for four days to just mm. be a child. You know, like just totally. just leave every problem you've got behind you. You know, and and that's I think that's where the the joy in being there comes from is seeing that uh, being surrounded by thousands of people who are in that same mind frame. We're like. 
for four days, the real world does not matter, you know, and that's good for you, I think. Oh, you know totally. I mean? Like you get, you get home, you feel a bit dusty for a few days, but yeah. I, I always feel revitalized after them, you know. Like I, I, I used to go to, like now, like I, now, I don't know, I probably, I probably got one big one in me. <laughs> like usually every <laughs> year, like yeah. esoteric sat for me now, esoteric yep. festival I'll, where I'll go for the whole, you know, four days and camp with my friends and like and just have a, a ball. Let but, loose. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but a lot of other festivals I'm booked at, like I'll, I'll probably just go up for the night and, and perform there and, you know, come back and like, but yeah, I don't know. That's just getting older. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's also, uh, I mean, I've often thought that like, you know, yeah. with uh, – with with musicians, electronic musicians, like mm. your your office, your workspace is uh is is either a nightclub or a festival, yeah, and yeah. it's like so fun, and oh, it's very yeah. like you have to practice a bit of discipline not to get oh you, you really do you <laughs> really do it, it, yeah it, it's kind of weird it's like you know the last couple of years I've been doing a lot of festivals and um and it's it's a lot of the same artists on the bill and there's a lot of and mm. I've like um like gained friends through just other artists who have just. We, you know, it's usually like, if you, especially if you go into state, you know, you're, you're camping, artist camping, and there's, and there's people that I just run into that I've, you know, I might have seen. I do been up to do Elements Festival up in Queensland for the last few years, and there's like pe- people I see there that I've, I've only seen there, other artists, you know, what I mean, mm. become friends, you know, like, and and it's usually a lot of the other, um, yeah, a lot of the other festivals that you you know you you all kind of camp together and you you, you know there's like a, it's kind of like a camaraderie you know what I mean it's totally. like a, and especially a, a lot you know a lot of these um a lot of these um uh, artists that play at festivals especially we do a lot of them like they are quite disciplined people you know they're not fully cooked all the time you know they're just yeah. they're yeah. there they, they love performing they hang out and have a few beers and you know, they might say for one day might say for two days but you know like it's a it's a real it's it's one of my favorite things about about doing festivals is just hanging out with other artists and, and getting to meet them and talk to them and become friends with them as well you know? totally totally yeah. yeah i feel so lucky every everybody day and every podcast to be able to like <laughs> <laughs> meet all these Fucking exceptional humans. So yeah. <laughs> so much talent in this city, hey. Oh, just, there is, man. There is. And so I think sometimes it's underappreciated. I think, mm. um, I don't know, let's say the music scene in Melbourne, it's a tough one to really pin down, you know. Like it is amazing on one level, but then it's, I don't know, there's, um, it's, it's not as accepting of new stuff as what, you know, like European music scene is and stuff like that where, you know, there is space to try something new and try like – whether it's club nights or you know anything like that to try something new like give a new style of music a go or something like melbourne seems to have a really it's quite set in its ways you know what i mean but mm. um yeah so it's tough and like i don't know like when when i first started getting the music scene in melbourne you know in like early 2000s and stuff like it was it was so exciting man hey you know yeah. it was so <laughs> exciting you know you had like brunswick street festival where it was like you know the entire of brunswick street was locked up and it was a massive rave you know what i mean mm-hmm. like, like that like i think it's um like it, it's kind of like you know there was less rules and regulations back then of course you know mm-hmm. which which made it a lot freer and made it a lot more adventurous you know but but now it's 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 kind of um i don't know it's like Money's a big part. It's a, it's a big business, you know what I mean. So it's like there's not enough room to take risks anymore. I don't think, like especially with club nights and stuff like that. You know, if you if you're only half full, you're not making money. You know, so yeah. So yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah, that Melbourne. That's hard to pin down the music scene in Melbourne. Like it is great, and there's so much great music in here in Melbourne. But I think it's a little bit set in its ways, and I think it could be a little bit more adventurous. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah, totally. I think that kind of across the board with a lot of uh, creative fields in Australia mm. in general, yeah. like you know the art world, the, the comedy world. Yeah. The, you know, just give platforms to the new up and comers a bit more. You yeah, know? Oh, still of course, get um, yeah. still get fed a lot of the the same same. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Across the board from creative things, more, yeah. more from not the creatives, uh, more from like I suppose cor- the corporate structure of, yeah. of of it all. Oh yeah, that's got it's got to make money, man. Hey, yeah, you know I mean yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, and uh, Australia like Australia's very it's, Australia's isolation works against it a yep. lot. You know, yeah, like I agree. like um, I don't know. It's like if you know if you, if you want to break out of Australia, if you want to like. Like I've I've been overseas a couple of times to play gigs, you know. But like like you, if you're at depends what level of your music career you're at. But like I, I you know I still had to pay my way over there, you know what I mean and stuff. And like and it costs a fucking fortune, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like but there's gigs, there's so many gigs over in Europe and there's some man. There's heaps. Like you can go over there and you get booked back to back for like mm. a month, you know. But but you still have to have that money up front to get over there, and you still have to like find your own way, and it's it's a big deal, you know. Like so and you know. I'd, 
other people that um you know that I admire in in music who you know who are based over in Europe. You know, like I, I see him like you know on like, on like social media every weekend they're playing a different oh, festival, oh, man. Oh. Everywhere, everywhere. Bang, yeah. bang, and bang. here in Australia, you know, like we'll get you know like. Uh, depending on the type of music you can do, you know, maybe, maybe four or five for the year that you can, you can go play out, you know, like, but mm. over there, it's like, it's, it's fucking, it's 20 every weekend within a train ride, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I've seen people's careers just take off, like the trajectory of the careers just take off hugely because they've got so much access to to music festivals, record labels and other, other you know, artists that they look up to are all like, are all there, you know, and, mm. and our isolation works against us a lot like that. But it gives us an individual sound sometimes and an indiv- like like you said before, our festivals are really individual. I think that's yeah. how isolation has a lot to do with that. Yep. But it also works against us a lot of, yeah. as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, they're great experiences, but they're, yeah, totally hard hard to make a buck sometimes. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, I, I've, I've seen it, man. Almost everyone that I know that works on, in the business side of music, you know, COVID had a lot to do with it, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, and just skyrocketing prices for everything, you know, is, a, yeah, it's, it's a tough business now. So it's like... Yeah, as I said before, it's harder to take risks. You know? Yeah, was that super tempting for you before you kind of refined your 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 new style as the oddness? You were saying mm. uh, you weren't getting a lot of gigs in Australia, but you're getting people playing your shit overseas quite quite frequently. Yeah. You know that must have been pretty tempting to be like, I'll, cool, let's I'll, just keep going I'll, with this. It was. It was like um, because I, I went over before COVID happened, like like at, at put a big hole in my plans, like it did for almost anyone in music, yeah. but. You know, I'd had a I'd had a couple of really strong EPs come out with um with um, European labels and and yeah, I was really they were really starting to take notice over there. So I was like, all right, cool, I'm going to go over for a few months. And I started organising a tour, and I had like <clears throat> I had um I was for like Boom Festival and for Noisily Festival. I had like Festival in Ukraine, like Berlin Club gigs. I had it was all sorted. I was ready to go. And I was mm. like, this is it. Like this is this is what I've worked. For years it's and years happening. for it's, it's happening. happening, and then bang, COVID, and all got cancelled, and so that was disheartening for me. You know what I mean? And and I don't know if I'll ever get that opportunity back again. Like mm. like I like was set there, ready to go. So that was that was that was that was pretty pretty tough, man. Hey, but um, but like I know it affected a lot of people a lot worse than it did me you know like yeah. I, I feel like I'm whinging but you know it was like, no man but, 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 but it was like but that was you know I, I, I was like yes everything I've worked for this is this is going to be my experience you know like, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. didn't happen so it, yeah. it will man it will your shit's uh, too good it absolutely oh, will your hard oh, work it, it, it's, it's not just the music man it, it's, it's, it's where you are in your life you know what I mean like at that point yeah. in time I, I was you know, I, I was working full time, but I, you know, I could take, I could take a month, I could take a couple of months off. You know, that mm. was all cool. It was all sorted out. Now, I'm, you know, my life is just not in the spot where I can just leave. You know, for yeah, yeah. for for a month or two months, I, I just can't do it. So, so hopefully, hopefully, like life will turn around, and maybe that that will be an option next year or the year after. But you know, at the moment, and I'd say every year older you get, you know, all that seems a little bit more out of reach or too hard basket, you know, mm, like, mm. but, but um, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. Now me, me and uh, my wife, Yuri, we, we were like strongly considering moving over to the States just before COVID. Yeah. Then obviously COVID happened and we were so glad we weren't there because it yeah. was oh, really yeah, a, been a, horrible. Bo- a boiling pot <laughs> yeah. uh, during that time. I mean, it mm. was everywhere, but it mm. seemed, you know, just with the added uh, aspect of, you know, Trump being in yeah. and just division was just like, my cousin was living in LA and he's just like, yeah, dude, it's not, it's not fun right now. Yeah, um, oh, I can imagine, man. But, you, but it's the same thing. We're, we're, we've been kind of weighing up whether or not we should kind of still do it. But yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's the older, the older you get, it's just like uh, it's 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 a lot to relocate. It's oh, a lot it's of effort. Thing, man. Hey, yeah. we, we did a year in Japan uh, before COVID as well, and it was awesome. We had a great time. But mm. you know, even just like getting the we we had a place we had a um Uriah's uh, grandparents place we could stay in but then you know we had to fur- we had to furnish it you yeah, want to yeah. sit on a couch oh, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> so right. you know like months of just getting a job and then furnishing the place and stuff all of a yeah. sudden you're like 4 or 5 months in you just kind of just set up yeah yeah and and man, that's learning a language on top of that trying to get a new job it's like oh okay yeah man oh, I, I, I can only imagine man that's something like that would be so daunting to me I don't think I'd ever even try because yeah when I, I was in Europe last um, two uh, yeah three years ago mm. and um and we, we sp- I spent um spent about uh, about a month in Berlin 
And I was like, man, if I first came here in my 20s, I would have never lived. <laughs> Dangerous. I was like, I'm so glad I'm here in the age that I am now because I'm sensible enough to go, right, this is fun. i got to go home. But if I went there in my 20s, man, I would never have left. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Berlin is a dangerous place. We, we did a, when we were there, yeah, we did a walking tour and the – of like all the street art we're pretty young and yeah the girl giving it was just like the amount of creatives that come over here with oh. big plans and then just end up in a fucking six month long k-hole yeah. so. oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's almost like it's like the um kind of yeah you to see, see all the stories of you know that want to be actresses and actors going to going to la and you know and all of a sudden and then you know because with the big dreams of hollywood you know <laughs> and then and then they just end up being a waitress and going back to wherever they came from i think berlin's kind of like that but more for like the underground art yeah. scene you know it's like everyone's like oh, i want to go to berlin i'm gonna make it it's gonna be that but yeah it's not that easy it's but too damn fun it's too damn fun too man. damn fun too damn free isn't it it's oh, really the free, free the yeah. freedom in that city is what what made me love it you know what i mean it's like you're sitting in a park on a you know sunny afternoon like you know people just people just sitting there drinking in the park having a good time and stuff and i was like i pictured that in melbourne mm. you know i pictured like stuff like summer's afternoon you know, thousands of people in a park, everyone just sitting there with beers drinking around. And I just imagine what it would get like as soon as the sun went down. You yeah. know, it would be a shit fight. Yeah. yeah but yeah, over yeah. there, it's like everyone's just polite. Like, they just know how to act. Totally. I and mean, they just know how to be free, you know. Like, mm-hmm. it's, so I don't know whether that's, you know, I think for anything like that, especially in, in Australia, to have that freedom, it would be generational change, you know what I mean? Like, it would, it would take a long time, you know, for <laughs> yeah. people to get used to the responsibility of having to be responsible for their own actions, you know. Right, right. I don't, I don't think that we really have that here yet. I don't think so. They've also got that uh, the great system of recycling there where oh, yeah. you can the- literally just leave, like – if you leave your beer bottle on the street, mm. uh, people will pick up your beer bottles because you can literally go to any supermarket and cash them in for yeah, like exactly. 30, 30 euro cents or something, 30 yeah, cents, man. and then it's, it's like get a slab and that's like yeah, a quarter off your next slab yeah, or something. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like yeah, a, lot of, you know, a lot of people who are, who are living rough over there, you know, like mm. that's how they make some money, you know, and, and it's like a it's like a – like a community care thing almost, you know what I mean? It was like totally. you leave your beer bottles out, you've just had fun drinking a beer, you leave it there and someone else comes picks it up and they take it there and they get money for it and when they do that enough, they can live off that money. Like not right. live off it maybe, you know, but like it help, help them out, get by, mm. you know, and like mm. it's just a, oh man, that's just, yeah, a yeah, Berlin blooming in the fuck away. Yeah, loved it. love that city, love that city. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'd love to ask you about your, your kind of influences. Um, you know, there's so many... Uh, I mean, some of your tracks I just love so much. There's so often like a kind of tribal uh, influence in uh, definitely much more like your earlier stuff like that. That track, yeah. um, Prime Meridian, oh, yeah, is yeah. Just so great. Um, Red Red Sand, I yeah, think. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah. Um, also yeah. love love the uh, the collaboration with Stilly or a mechanic. Oh, yeah. just, uh, oh man, Stilly, he's, he's my favourite man. I always oh, he's awesome. Because he, he approached me to do it and um, and, I, and he, he just kind of sent me to bare bones of this track. He's like, have a listen to this. What, do you want to do something with it? And I'd... And I listened to it, I was like, oh, so dope. And, mm. and, and yeah, and so we worked on that. And then yeah, and I, I was kind of starting to put together my my album then, one of the, was it my third album then. And um and yeah, I was just thought, oh, this would be a perfect part like part of it. And we just kept working on it. It turned out really cool because I always wanted to do something with him because I love him and uh, yeah. and I love his music and yeah. Um so that was really cool. But yeah, but I don't it's it's more it's I love percussion, I love quirky percussion you know that's most of the grooves in my track are built around percussion you know mm. so like i i was really listen, listening to a lot of like um i know kind of like like afro disco and stuff like that and you know and but cool. also like a lot of like just um deep tribal tribal drumming kind of you know stuff like that and and just i don't know i just love sampling a lot of that stuff and just finding grooves in it that that weren't part of the whole were just part of that tiny section you know and and kind of manipulating them and stuff like that but yeah it was it was really it was kind of unintended i didn't go into it thinking oh i want to make this kind of spiritual tribally stuff you know i never really thought like that but but um a lot of the you know a lot of i you know sample a lot of old old stuff and a lot of tribal stuff and that but it was always these you know moments of of a voice or moments of a percussion moments moments of drumming that that really grabbed me you know what i mean and and yeah, I, so I incorporated a lot of that into it, and it's it's, it's kind of hard when you're a middle class white Australian guy, you know, to be <laughs> to be making this music which has a lot of Middle Eastern influence in it and, and stuff. Like I don't really, it's not any culture that I'm really kind of drawn towards. I just kind of take a little bit from a lot of different cultures. Right. It's just all about whether it's got a groove in it, whether it makes me feel good, whether it sounds good. But um, 
but yeah, I don't. I feel sometimes I sit there and I think like, sometimes it keeps me up at night. I'm like, am I, you know, appropriating you know, people's cultures by stealing parts of their music to make my music and stuff like that? But God, it's it's but, funny. It's funny territory that because yeah. like I totally understand the concern, but it's just so fucking good. Like yeah. I mean, honestly, some like the percussion aspects, like mm. yeah, totally. Now that you mention it, like it's mm. so that is a huge, huge part of what yeah. makes it sound unique. Oh, that's but, it's, it's mostly the driving part of, yeah. of most of my tracks is is the percussion, and I just. I just love that kind of tribal groovy mm. kind of kind of stuff, and but yeah. the, but those those vocal parts as oh. as well are so much of what I really respond to, and and I often no. kind of um, curious about I mean, how, how like are you recording those? Are you sampling them from other just bits um, and bobs? Mo- mo- because- mostly sampling, you know, like a lot of um, like kind of African acapellas and stuff mm. like that. Where, but I I try not to take too big a chunks out of them. I try to I try to take phrases, you know, like. Yeah. I, I, First of all, like I, I have no idea what they're saying. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, like uh, that that worries me sometimes. So I try to just take phrases and I'll build grooves out of the phrases instead mm. of instead of putting like you know like a like you know a, a section of an acapella that's telling a story or something. I'll never do that. I'll I'll always just kind of just grab little phrases and replay them in different orders and stuff like that. So it's more about abstract it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's it's a voice as an in, instrument, not as a storytelling yep. device. So sure. so I think that's that's yeah that's that's the main. Part of try to I try to just use those those uh, vocal parts a, as an instrument to build a melody and stuff like that instead yeah instead of them being the main focus of the song. Mm. So like that that piece that uh, that um, that you did with Stilly um, gospel dub I yeah, think it's yeah. called yeah I mean so for instance the vocal uh, element of that it's yeah. it is like quite abstracted and it's and it's kind of quite cut and um, yeah yeah and I, yeah I often uh, I'm I am curious to see or to to hear about what what part of those because I can't even figure out what the original would be. It's so yeah. brief, but you've made made it into exactly like a like an using it as an instrument. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's so specific and such a, a an integral part of that song. But I also imagine it's just like a tiny, tiny snippet of a of like a word or two, right? Yeah, pretty much. And you right, built no, a whole yeah. track around. Yeah, exactly. You get a lot of um, especially with that track. You get a lot of um, like gospel ad lib stuff where it's you know it's just like it's a it's a gospel choir, and sometimes it's like the it's the stuff that's not part of the main song. You know what I mean? It's like that at the start, they'll be like, hey, yeah, you know, kind of stuff right, like that. Right. You know, like, and so that was from a gospel choir. Yeah, yeah, but, but wow. it's a, it's um, just it's a, an acapella from it. It's like yeah. it's not recorded or anything. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. got how much money, man. I can't yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gospel choir. Just, just the you origins. Know, just, yeah, yeah, so just fa- fa- acapellas of like gospel choirs and ad libs and stuff. And, and yeah, as I said before, just just taking snippets of it and and just rearranging them and putting them in different orders and and trying build them as part of the groove is like is is what I mainly try and do with vocals. Just to yeah, to, to be, so they become an instrument, not just a, not just someone singing. You know. Mm. How how does um how does uh what's your approach to collaboration? Like for instance, yeah, with, with that kind um, of song because I think Stilly was overseas at that time. Do you just kind yeah, of yeah. to and fro and yeah, rejig? I'm, I'm, not, and... I'm not very good at sitting in a room with someone. Yeah, yeah. I I, I because I'm I'm it depends on the person, but. I would rather just go back and forth, like send them stuff, and they can work on it in their own time. Send it back to me; I can work on it in my own time. And um, but I'm not very good at sitting in a room and so on. I've done it a couple of times. I've done it once with Casey Taylor. I did a track with him that I did had my album. I did it with him. We were just like having a drink at his house, and he's like, "Let let's go make a tune." And we just went into his studio. And we sat there, and we just we just we're just in there for hours and hours and hours, and like. And it just worked, but he's a very close friend of mine, so I think mm. that was. And he's the trust all, is there, the, the, com- is there, the comfort yeah. is there. Yeah, yeah, and um, and so so I've done it a couple of times, and uh, with Ethan, Ethan McLaren, with JMC on uh, the collaboration I did with him, he came over to my house and we sat there the whole day, and because he, he uh, was kind of part of his learning process for for producing music, he sat with me for the whole day, and I was like, well, let's just make a track let's start from the beginning you know and and that kind of worked in he had he had a lot of input into it so but it was also part of his learning process so that was also a really nice collaboration to do you know but a lot of the other times it's just yeah, i'll just send stuff back and forth you know just to i can either like have like an idea which is like the, the drums and the bass line or something you know, i can send it to someone go hey put some you know work on the melodies over the top or you know and stuff right, like that right. and then you get a real good sense of um, each other's style like that as well i think mm. But yeah, but sitting in the room with someone, I, I'm a, bit, a little bit of a control freak. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So, and I can't, all and, the good ones are. Yeah. Oh, man. Also, I, I kind of have a, I don't know when I have a regimented approach to making music. Like I, I have time put aside every day. Like I'll, I'll 
get up uh, the first, as soon as I get up I get up like 7.30 and I spend two hours on music every day so that's great not a lot of people won't want to come over to my house 7.30 in the morning yeah. <laughs> so, so so I, I do I, I have the time set aside I don't necessarily work on music every day like that but I have make sure the time's there every every day and then because you know I have to go to work after that and usually most of the day Saturday I work on music but you know like because I have yeah I have this real kind of pretty focused approach to making music or focused approach to making sure the time's there to, to make music and and I know I'm, I, I work full time you know what I mean I, I don't really have much time outside of that time frame I've set aside every day so that makes it harder to work with other people as well mm. bloody hell you're pro- prolific for full-time work full-time work in other other fields right yeah 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 you're so, very prolific man really um, <laughs> it's, it's so kind much of releases yeah I, I kind of I try to work on I'll always work on probably about seven or eight tunes at the same time yeah like i always have like i'll just switch between them you know i'll probably some most of the time i won't spend more than half an hour on each one switch to the next one switch to the next one i kind of do that and then the other ones will start leaking in there and all of a sudden i've just got then all of a sudden I'll just, I'll just think shit i better finish a lot of these and i'll just <laughs> i'll set a weekend aside and i'll finish them all and then i've got just all these tunes sitting there so like yeah. which is uh which is great you know like but yeah, it's that's that's the thing it's uh, i because one of the Earlier on when I was making music, I was, I was churning out a lot of music. And, and when I say churning out, that's what I was doing. And that was one of the reasons I was like, fuck, I've got to stop this. Hmm. So now, like, yeah, I, I make a lot of music, but I, I don't think of it as um, just getting tracks done. Like, I, I love every piece of music I do now. So Great. So even though there's a lot of them, I love every one of them. Yeah, <laughs> no, quality, not quantity. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it is sometimes better just to, like, refine the 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 gems yeah and, uh, yeah oh, it's also like i do make music quite quickly mm. i do like i have my workflow like really down pat because I, I i i don't sit there and just finick over small things mm. small things that other people won't notice i don't like a lot of music producers will get i'll sit there and i'll just work on this little little thing down it's like no one's gonna notice that yeah you know? yeah. So i i rather i look at the big picture you know what i mean i don't like technically i'm not that great at making music like I, if, if it's a bigger track or if it's got like um if i have a vocalist if i you know or something like that if or it's for a bigger label i'll get i'll get um jamie stevens or casey taylor a couple i'll get them to come in and like and technically you know do some work on it for me and tighten it up and the mix down and all that kind of stuff i'm not that great at that side of making music and it takes i'm i don't know it just it takes up a lot of time i'd rather just i'd rather help have someone who technically is amazing at that to come and help me to, to do that i don't think you I think sometimes you have to separate the technical side, the, the extreme technical side of it, you know, the proper nerd stuff. Mm, sometimes yeah, you have yeah, to like yeah. separate that from the creative process. I love the creative process, but sometimes, you know, like I just can't get it, especially if it's a bigger release for a bigger label who, who you, it has to be technically perfect. You know, I, I sometimes that I'd rather just get someone else to help me do that. Yeah, as well. yeah. yeah, 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 totally. Uh, in terms, so you know, kind of touching on collaborations, but you've yeah. also got this. Uh, you know, you've got the band element of your music. Yeah. I mean, that's like a whole other dimension. That's yeah. like on three D to four D. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was one of those things. It was like because uh, I was performing live just as a solo act, and then I was like, I always I'd had a band previously, you know, but I wanted to I wanted to just step it up a notch man i wanted, I wanted mm. to kind of put another challenge on top of it so i got um two of my dear friends brothers to me um dylan jared and timis to come in because tim they're both just amazing multi-instrumentalists mm. and i was like i just gave them a bunch of tracks i was like what do you think and and they were both like yeah man we can do this so i was like so we would kind of sat down and tim, timis plays drums full drum kit you know cymbals the whole jive you know and he's just an amazing drummer and he would just just lay grooves over the top. Dylan come up with a lot of guitar parts for it, and and um, yeah, I think it was our, our first gig as a band. Oh, we just um, we did it at uh, I did just did a club show. We just hired out a hired out a room at Color Nightclub, which is over in Carlton. Yep, I know and, um, one. Yeah, yeah. So there. we just hired out the top room there. I think it was like a Thursday night or something, and like we're just like like let's just do it. We had uh, two two vocalists too, and um, and so and. Uh, yeah, it was Anita Musker and um, and Maggie Baines, so the two vocalists who had sung some songs on one of my albums. So, so it was like it turned out to be like a what five piece band, and we, wow. we did we did the, the set there, and it was really cool. And and I thought, yeah, I, like I had to weigh up because it's it's stressful, you know what I mean? It's, and there's a lot of preparation involved. So I was like, can I keep doing it like this? So I've kind of we've kind of parted back now. So just the, just the, the three piece, um, just me, Dylan, and, and Timus, and 
and usually it's just just for festival spots and it's yeah, it's been working really really well like setting everything up is a nightmare because a lot, a lot of the festivals yeah. there you know they're mostly just dj bass yeah and then you get there with the drum kit and you know all that kind of stuff and guitar amps and it's like oh <laughs> but um when it works it really works like we've we've had some shockers but we've had some killer ones as well mm. but that's just yeah it's just, i really enjoy playing music like that especially with two of my two of my really good friends as well so yeah it's really cool must be nothing better yeah i'm ashamed to say i've actually never seen you live dude oh really? yeah, yeah yeah i would love to like do, do you have any of the the band gigs coming up or was that at um, so recently no, I, last time we did was esoteric festival a few weeks ago which yeah. is fucking wild how did it go how, Amazing, well, how was Esso oh, I, was, I was off its head man hey, that, that festival is a beast now it is enormous you know and like, we've played it. I think it's the fourth time I've played on the snake pit stage there yeah I think Which, Brian Itch did the the oh yeah the facade of the stage yeah, it was epic yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's the, the creativity in this fe- that festival is next level. Like Australia's never seen anything like it. Mm. I think it's I think it's the best festival in Australia right now, or that ever has been. Still never been to SRA. Oh, really? yeah. Made sure you love it. It looks epic, man. Like, it's, it's, the stage it's design is just like the art, everything, man. It's enormous, and like I don't, it's like the like great crowd, man. Hey, just like just really innovative music there, and just it's it's man, it's like I, nothing compares to it, man. It's it's so amazing, but um. Yeah, so last time I played was there on Snake Pit stage on Saturday afternoon. That was really cool. We had it all had it all professionally filmed, so well Sick. that'll get edited and get out pretty soon too as well. So, Sa- Saturday um, afternoon would have been a pretty big crowd. Yeah, Snake, it was cool. Snake Pit like yeah, oh, yeah. How, how many stages is there? Uh, there's um, there's five five proper stages and a couple of smaller ones. Yeah, so, um, yeah Snake Pit's more with uh, broken beat stage, yep. so it's mostly bass music and stuff like that. And um, yeah, but our band plays there. It's more. It's the only one that's really set up for bands. Mm, so mm. this year, like Grouch and Dub played with his band and stuff yeah. like that, and a few other bands play, play on there as well. But um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's my favourite stage in, in Australia. It's, a, it's amazing. Just the dance. The dance hall there just gets wild. It yeah. just gets loose, man. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it is so amazing to see. Like you look up and there's people just down in the dirt. You know, they yeah. like they just. That's what you want. It gets so wild on that dance hall. It's like. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's my favourite stage, and so yeah, I've loved playing it at, on Snake Pit stage. Um, yeah, for the last few years, it's it's it's, yeah, it's my favourite. Is the favorite. the festival uh, kind of similar to Rainbow or like what Matreya used to be, or is it just oh, its own oh, own beast? It's its own thing. It's it's more based on the big sidechain festivals yeah. over in you know Brazil and, and over in Europe and you know right. places like that. You know, like the like the it's 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 really sidechain focused. The visuals are amazing. The stage mm. designs are the next level. Australia's never seen anything like the stage designs they do there, and um, yeah. So it's it's not it's it's all everything's rooted in those festivals. You know what I mean? Like that whole whole culture in Australia is all comes from you know Matreya Rainbow. It all comes mm. from that, but it's like it's taken that and just put it like through the roof. It's a world class festival, man. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I was kicking myself when I didn't go. Yeah, yeah. I was. I just wasn't feeling it this this uh, yeah. this time around. Well, just festivaling. I was just yeah. like, ah, this can't be fucked. Uh, I mean, it happened last year as well. I went to pitch last year because I was helping out um, Adnate do a do a painting. Mm. Uh, so I got a free ticket there and uh, pitch. Like I like the music of pitch, but the the mm. the vibe of the crowd is just. Oh man, it just just seems like a big nightclub in the bush, man. To man, me. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, and and like I had a fucking rip of time. Yeah, uh, but you know, I, I came back from pitch being like, man, you know, like because all of my mates are at Esso. I'm like, you know, fucking, I had a sick time. That was fucking awesome. Like, I'm I'm actually like way way happier I went to pitch instead of Esso. And then all the Instagram videos yeah, start coming yeah. out and the stage. They had this like Phoenix stage. Oh, yeah, it was and I was just like, man. everyone's just so. I'm just like. Oh yeah, 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 nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. S O A. It's 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 good, man, because hey, it's like it's kind of like past that, you know, that that outdoor festival culture, the Duff culture. You know, it's just they've just kind of taken it and ran with it, and just just re- given it. It's been reborn in Australia because of esoteric. I think hands down, man. Hey, like when like it was like Rainbow Serpent Festival has a special place for me, man. Hey, you know what I mean? It's the, it's the first one of those kind of festivals I ever went to. You know, yeah, I, loved, lo- I loved it, loved it for years and years and years. But Esoteric has taken that kind of culture that Rainbow started and, and just supercharged it, you know, mm. like, and it's good because it's a massive part of Australian music culture is, is that, you know, the outdoor festival, the bush dwarf kind of thing. So, that's mm. mm. yeah, that's it's beautiful to see someone just really, they, they, they really take pride in nurturing a, that that culture as well, you know, like the music is second to none there, you know, mm. like it's, 
it's yeah it's it's and everyone is just having a good time it's just i love it man i can't wait to go to the next one yeah yeah, yeah man rainbow changed my life literally oh, yeah. literally just like they completely did. changed yeah. the trajectory of like uh, what i defined as a well just all my priorities yeah yeah man yeah <laughs> just uh, what i thought how how i had fun what i uh, you know, the kinds of people i started hanging out with and focusing you know really really helped my art as well just being, imagine, around, yeah. just being around that kind of pool of creativity oh, and, yeah, and man, freedom yeah. and, and just exactly like you were saying early earlier uh, just how how kind of childlike everyone is everyone's yeah. playing everyone's just oh, literally playing and it's good for your soul being at that place so man, man. Yeah. And, and and people will you know without being paid or anything they're just performing and mm. people like you just walk around some some dude was walking around with a big tray of fairy bread yeah. <laughs> some fairy bread another person's feeding everyone with watermelon and yeah. someone's just like i was just walking around there's a fucking dildo on a string and people are like pulling the dildo and someone's like chasing the dildo and just like everyone's just playing yeah it is it's just playing man hey it's, it's be a child you know what i mean like everyone needs to do that now and then man hey totally like, like you know like it's, it's, yeah to, to just forget your problems for a weekend man hey it's, it's just it's so important man i think and see everyone at their best you know yeah, to totally, see everyone man. big beaming smiles 100 smiling man, hey. and just oh it's, like, it's infectious man hey yeah. like just esoteric person i just camp with them camp with like probably about 20 of me and my wife camp with about 20 of our friends and like we it was one of those things like just laughed all weekend just just right. smiled all weekend it was just it was the, one of the best weekends i've had for such a long time man just to just to be around a lot of other, all the friends who camp with you know they're all they're all like you know they're all like careers you know they're all kind of pretty focused people you know what i mean but mm. they also really love the you know the party that party culture as well so for all and you could tell that everyone there was forgetting about every other stress they had and was just there for four days to just enjoy themselves and it was fucking beautiful man it was so such so much fun beautiful have you had a peak uh festival or gig experience like uh you know you're saying uh getting your first gig at rainbow was like right. that's the holy grail of of, of festivals and gigs yeah, you know I, things I, have I, only progressed from there right i pretty much man like yeah that, the first time i played at rainbow chill stage like small stage you know mm. what i mean i was playing really down tempo stuff then and like that was that was one big milestone for me but um i think playing on the snake pit stage at um esoteric last year mm. uh, we played friday night the lights was packed like ramped you know like that i played that was the, probably the first time with my band that everything really come together really tight and that was that was a really big one for me <clears throat> that that one yeah that that'd, that'd be it that, that was where i'd I realized, ah, oh, because I know before that we'd had, we played some gigs, like things weren't really working that well. Some there was, you know, the technical issues or, you mm. know, we just weren't there together really, you know, but, but um, last year at Rainbow's, at, um, at uh, Esoteric on Snake Pit stage, it just came together. Like yeah. everything worked. And it just, that, that was a really big moment for me, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Awesome. <laughs> we were kind of talking about, um, you know, production and stuff before, and you were saying you, uh, I, I, well, I was wondering um, how you, when you approach like a body of work, like an album, mm. where, um, what your approach with, uh, to it is. Do you think like a body of work, or you were kind of mentioning you, you really get a whole lot of songs happening. Mm. Do, you, do, you, do you find you're, you've, you've got a huge collection of music that, would fit an album or do you actually think, okay, I'm going in making an album. I want this to have a uh, somewhat unified sound. Yeah, because I've done three albums as oddness. The first two were definite I'm making an album. I want to write an album from start mm. to finish. They were both exactly like that. And that was because um, the, uh, the first one, Culmination, like that was that was my kind of I wanted to introduce the people to my music. So I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to write an album. I had, I think I put two singles out before that, but I was like, I just I want to write an album of like, this is what I'm doing now. Mm. And that was where that one came from. So that was, there was a real definite process of writing an album. And um, the second one on Beaten Path, that was, again, that was, oh, there's a couple of tracks there, but um, that, was, that was through Beaten Path. And that, like, it's, I've released a fair few, uh, fair few um, tunes and the album through, through that label. And the good thing about working with them is they really push you to, to do the best you can, you know. Um, so that was like I came to them with the idea. Look, I want to do an album. I had a couple of tracks done, and like, and um, and so they, they really pushed me to like to to produce it as an album. A lot, lot of feedback, a lot of back and forth. Um, worked with Jamie Stevens as well through that to technically get it right and stuff. So that was that was that was, that was a definite album. But the last one was more. I was I'd been I. I was through um, through lockdown, so I mm. was doing some. I was writing a, lot, a fair bit of music, but also I started to do some collaborations with people. So the 
so I just wanted to get I think there was like four five collaborations on there that I just wanted to get them together and then they were that was like the building block for it and then I just wrote some other tracks around it to kind of to make it all gel and be a bit cohesive so that yeah that initially wasn't going to be an album but it just kind of worked but the first yeah. two definitely were written from start to start to finish as an album yeah yeah i'm sure the collaborative aspect just uh reconnects you with just play right just keeping oh, sure. a, yeah. un, un, a little bit unpredictable oh for something. sure yeah, yeah. 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 And, and everyone that i collaborated with are really close friends of mine so mm. it was also a cool thing to do with them you know what i mean like because yeah. you know because like during lockdown everyone was fucking bored you yeah, know what yeah, i mean like yeah. so yeah. like and that, that was the thing, man. Like, it's a lot of people, especially the uh, music producers, man. Like, like if you didn't take, you had to take advantage of that time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that I, I did that. I, I was still working full time, so I didn't. You know, that, but you know, my, my weekends were just taking up playing Scrabble with my wife and making tunes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So like, which I, I, I actually fucking loved, really. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, I did. Yeah, we, we got we got into chess during yeah, lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 so that so that whole period, man. You know, like I kind of felt guilty because I was I'd sit around sometimes with like, actually, I don't, I really don't mind this. Oh, you know Yuri, mean? my wife, she was in her element. She's oh, like, man. this is great. Oh, man. <laughs> As an introvert, she's oh, like, this oh, is man. perfect. I was, I, yeah, was like, like, yeah, so it was shit parts for like sometimes yeah. I just be like, hold on. I can just sit here and watch TV all weekend, and I don't have to explain that to anybody. I can just do that. And yeah. I'm like, man, I was like, it's fucking yeah, it's, cool. it's what the government's telling you to do. <laughs> okay, boss. Okay, boss. I got you. And the strict orders, uh, and you're being paid to yeah, watch TV. But yeah, like the hard part was seeing the way it affected some of my friends. You know, like especially my friends that you know work in hospitality, entertainment. You know, the way it affected them. Mm. But for me, like you know, I. I we're still working full time, still had money coming in. I got to work on a lot more music, and I got to, I don't know, watch a lot of TV and chill out with my wife and eat food. So I was, I was kind of cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've also done like quite a few covers and stuff, and um, yeah. like there was this one one cover that you did of Maloko Sing It Back, Sing back and yeah. um, oh man, I love that, and it's particularly like the live rendition you did with the live vocals. Uh, I think it was for Rancho Relaxo. Oh, it's okay, on YouTube, yeah. like a little bit different to the to the rework that you'd actually just released and yeah. recorded. And like, oh man, like, I actually was never that mad on that song. Yeah. But hearing that rework, I was just like, it gave me the tingles. Oh, it was like completely yeah. just, I love a good cover. And especially when it can take something and, I don't know, push it a bit further or, or mm. like you kind of created like, much more of a melody in yeah. there, and um, yeah, the, the vocalists. Uh, I forget her name. Um, oh, so uh, uh, so that's uh, little Magdalena. Uh, yeah. So uh, Maggie Bain. She did the one I released. So we um, I originally, I did, originally did a um, just like a bootleg version of that song. We I just took the acapella and mm. like re- rewrote all the music underneath it and slowed it right down. And um and I just put that up there for free download just on SoundCloud and it just went nuts, man. Mm-hmm. It was just like just thousands and thousands of people just downloading it. And I was like, oh man, and, and it was getting played everywhere. So I really and I wanted to do like for the album I did with the Beaten Path, I wanted to do like an like a live cover of it. So mm-hmm. so I got um Matt Maggie into to record the vocals for it, and she's a great singer. She killed it. Yeah, so she she did that, and uh, we we got it licensed and also it was le- legit cover. So oh cool. Yeah. And so um and and that went out, and then yeah, that was I, I really loved doing that because it's and I. I, I from back in my house music days, like I love Maloko, one of my yeah. favorite bands on yeah, the planet, I love you know, Maloko too, yeah. which I kind of felt weird doing at the start, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's and, and but it all worked out, and like everyone seemed to love it, so that was really cool, and yeah, it was one. I think it was one of the first times I worked with an actual, well, to get a singer on to sing on one of my tracks. You know mm. what I mean? I've done it a few times since with um with Anita Musk has done it a couple of times for me as well, and. And um, you know, I just just did a track with um Alika. Uh, she's a she's a singer from um from Byron Bay, so I just put a track out with her where she um she's a singer songwriter, so she she uh, wrote the lyrics on the vocals on her stuff. So I really love doing that as well. That's one thing that's almost like that you know ex- extra challenge in making music is to is to work with vocalists and work with songwriters and stuff, which I want to really start doing a lot more of as well. Yeah, you know? you you also do interesting choices of uh, of covers as well, which are, are always always kind of uh, unassuming. You know, uh, you've done like uh, in excess cover. Oh yeah, um, yeah, Maloko. Uh, even saw that um, you didn't like the theme song from. Um, Oh, from the White Lotus. The White yeah. Lotus. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love, <laughs> love doing awesome. it, 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 edits and bootlegs, man. I because yeah. I, I used to just. I, like I used to make a lot of them just for my own DJ sets when I was DJing, but now like I, I you know I just make them for because I either love the original song, I want to mm. do something uh, different with it, and try and try and like redo my 
as much as I can, you know, like the, like the NXS one was all like, like that was, the, I took the acapella for the original, but most of it was uh, all like re- recreated from scratch by me, you know, but just, you know, getting the, using the same melodies and stuff like that and making it more electronic. And I just, it's one of those things like when I'm, when I kind of need a break from making my own music, I'll sit there and I'll do like bootlegs of other tracks and stuff and I just put them up and give them away, you know. And, and also it's a great way to build build like an like an online following for your music, you mm. know, giving away free music. Everyone loves free music. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> totally. But also like everyone loves loves boot like DJs love bootlegs, man. You know, yeah. they they just froth over them. So so it's it's one thing uh, I I get a lot of enjoyment out of doing it as well. It's cool, especially you know, I every track that I've done a bootleg of I've I've loved the original so much. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm a sucker for a good yeah, yeah. bootleg rework yeah. remix whatever yeah, yeah it's awesome. Um, so I saw you released an EP this year, uh, awesome, love yeah. it. Uh, are you working on anything now at the moment? Um, or? So yeah, because the thing is, it takes so long for music to come out sometimes. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like, yeah. um, so I've I've got um, I've got two EPs that have that were signed like oh, probably about 10 months ago that um, mm. should be coming out soon. It's, it's one of those things. It's like you, you kind of you, you sign stuff to a record label. It kind of gets put into a rotation <clears throat> and then you don't really know when it's coming until like, you know, like a month before they're like, oh, it's coming out next month. You mm. know? So yeah. you just kind of sit back waiting for that email to say yeah, it's coming out. So yeah, I've got, got um, an EP with Monada, which is a, a Berlin label. Great. Got, coming out of them. They're, they're, I love them. They're a really, really good record label. And um and just a couple of little singles, couple couple of remixes. I do a lot of remixes, so mm. like I've got a few remixes coming out. But um I've just yeah kind of I've kind of stopped doing that. And I, and I want to start um, writing a new album soon because it's good now that the like festivals have finished, summer's kind of over. Yeah, pretty much winters when I'll sit down and just Time to get and to do work. something like that. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> I want to do a new album. and I want to work with some new people and and um and do do another album that has a lot of collaborations on it. That's what I really want to do. Yeah, sick, awesome. Yeah. So will you be gigging during the the winter? Um, or just taking it easy. No, not really, man. Yeah. I, um, I'm gonna go going up to Sydney in a couple of weeks to play up there at Tempo Komodo, which is like. Which is a it's it's like a um I didn't didn't think it happened in Australia, but it's like an actual weekly club night dedicated to like down tempo house music, which I didn't think would ever happen. Yeah. So <laughs> Phil, uh, Phil Smart, you might know, like he's like this music legend in Australia. He started up a year ago at um, Club Seventy Seven in Sydney, which is like a it's like a legendary like underground club up there. So and he started up and he, he's asked me to come up and play at their first birthday in a couple of weeks. Spoke to do three hours of down tempo house in a nightclub, which I didn't think I'd ever get to do in Australia. So I'm <laughs> really stoked to do that. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, but mostly, mostly, um, yeah, yeah. I don't really do much club stuff. So yeah. mostly I just I went. Uh, you know, half the years for making music, half years for you know going out and playing at a music festivals. Totally, man. Yeah. Totally, man. I mean, as I said at the start, dude, such such a fan of your work uh, from hearing it uh, from culmination uh, and just been watching it progress. It's just oh, so thanks, so awesome, so unique, and mm. it's just uh, yeah, it's so in line with that. Um, I don't know the, the the rainbow serpent world of just yeah. these un- beautiful unique sounds that I, I you know don't really hear anywhere else. Yeah, you know? yeah. like this. I that was a plan, and that, that was that's another thing about you know music festivals hearing music that you don't hear everywhere else you know what i mean like like i you can walk around a music festival like you know like esoteric moment or whatever and you can not recognize one song all weekend that you hear you know mm. what i mean like you go out to a club night or something you know you you recognize half the songs you know and it's just it just those you know, to be an avenue for people who play different music and you know who produce different music and perform different music that doesn't get booked in clubs and they go out there and get to play to these huge dance floors is fucking beautiful as far as i'm concerned yeah couldn't yeah. couldn't agree more man. <laughs> couldn't agree more uh how, how what's the best way for people to find your music and just get support you um oh just uh the oddness in australia yeah i think there's only the one yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, yeah just uh, sound clear oh no I'm, I'm 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 pretty bad at social media myself you know what i mean like i i know it's an integral part of like of doing everything but i'm not very fucking good at it but um but that i I have a presence up there, so if you jump on and help me out, that'd be cool. Yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> awesome, dude. Man, you're a fucking legend. Uh, so so great to fucking uh, to hear, uh, you know, uh, all about your music and stuff. Massive uh, fan. Thanks, man. Um, it's been kind of cathartic for me. Okay, yeah, awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, would you mind if we played a track uh, to send the podcast yeah, to? Yeah, man. Let's yeah, do that. cool. Any any preference or your? Oh, we can figure that out. We can figure that <laughs> yeah. out. We'll, we'll play one. We'll sort it out. <laughs> fuck yeah, awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. Thank you. Bye. And to play us out, this is Gospel Dub by The Oddness and Aura Mechanic.